Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic you'd like to have on, we always check comments on there and love to be able to work your guys' suggestions into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Josh McCormick. Um, we chatted with him right before UCC, talking about building the truck, and then I wanted to catch up with him after the event. Um, he did really well. I wanted to ask him about the truck, the performance, the team, how everything went, his thoughts on it. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys that our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code for you. Use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. You get 20% off site-wide. They've got a ton of different knives, uh, really to meet any budget. So if you need something for hunting, fishing, EDC, something to have at the job site, um, around the house, they got you covered there. Latest model is a Duralock model, and the blade's made out of D2 steel. It's a super sweet, um, smooth opening mechanism. It's just, it's almost effortless, and it keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. They've got a bunch of different designs, so definitely make sure and head on over, check them out. Use code 23diesel20 if you're in the market for it. All right, let's get to today's episode with Josh, chatting about his UCC performance, his thoughts on it, um, what his plans are with the truck, and some of the insights that he learned. Josh, welcome back to uh, chat about the truck post-UCC. I really appreciate you sitting down with us beforehand to walk us through the preparation for it and your goals and business and everything. And then that episode, a lot of people loved hearing from you. And it was really cool this you know, past weekend to see the performance of it. So I thought it'd be great to sit down, chat with you, see uh, you know, what you think about you know, each of the days, the performance, how everything came together. So welcome back. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. So tell yeah, me... Sure. Tell, oh, tell, tell me about the experience. Like, like, what was it like? Um, I mean, I kind of feel bad because it really wasn't that bad for our team. Like, we we didn't – we went into it. Like, I had my goals, which I was pretty public about. I wanted a five-second pass. Anything over 2,500 horsepower, we were going to be happy with. And then I wanted to pull 300 feet. And, uh, I mean, realistically, that weekend we just did everything that we wanted to do. Um, I know 3K has always been the goal, but – at the same token, when I don't have another truck ready to go sled pull and it's all back to one truck, you kind of got to really weigh the options. So um, we get there, um, everybody that flew in and drove in and stuff. And I just, I mean, everyone that sees on YouTube, like I pretty much built this truck by myself, but at events and stuff, like you can't do it by yourself. Like you're kidding yourself if you can. And uh, so I had just a lot of group, good group of guys and gals fly in. Uh, we went drag racing first pass, uh, 626, I believe. Um, I thought we had the nitrous turned on. I was incorrect. So that was like a fuel-only pass. Basically, the nitrous was sh commanded to shut off above 15 PSI instead of shut off below 15 PSI. So that was my bad. Um, Ethan uh, Patterson's the one that did the nitrous tune-up, and I was just like, take this laptop, make me go fast. And we didn't really touch the nitrous tune-up all day because after that, we went back up again right before lunch, uh, 6.16. Um, I totally botched all the shifts because this truck is still a full manual valve body truck, so I have to actually shift it myself. Uh, then 
Um, you know, I talked to all the pro drivers and stuff, and they're like, ah, I mean, if you want to, you can make a, a hit, but they're like, you're not going to do very good. The track gets greasy, the air is real hot. So I was just like, you know what, like, you know, at 6,825 pounds on a 48RE, you don't have to do the math on how long that's going to live. So we waited until pretty much 10 o'clock at night. Uh, we got all staged up and everything just worked correctly. Like the nitrous came on right. I shifted right. We staged it right. Like, and we went 583 at 130 mile an hour, um, which in this truck is a new personal best for me ever. Um, I I've gone 560s in the old DDP truck, but this one, um, it kind of meant a little bit more to me just because, uh, you know, it's like legit my truck. Like I bought it bone stock. So it was kind of cool in that regard. Um, and realistically, nothing went wrong. Uh, we checked the second gear band. It was fine. Checked the fluid, the oil, all of that was fine. We cut the oil filter open one more time because we did have that rod bearing problem like two weeks before UCC. The oil filter looked great. So we went on to dyno day. Uh, quite simply, we strapped a third nitrous bottle onto the two that were already in the cab with like a ratchet strap. Um, I had my team pull my driver door off and then we pulled the um, like some of the interior panels off and we pulled like the uh, removable door bars out. Basically, we wanted it, if something did happen as quickly as I could get out of the truck without, you know, getting hurt. Um, I mean, you have fire suit, fire suppression, you have everything you can, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, for anybody that's been at that power level, like if you don't take it serious, like that's when you're going to get hurt. Um, and I feel like everyone gets like one blow up and it really changes their perspective of how they want to, you know, behave on the dyno. And it's, I mean, really you just sit there and, um, you know, you got Cody by my side, which I've had, I've known Cody for years. So you get comfortable with Cody. And we get the truck all uh, calibrated on the dyno. And then I just basically did exactly what LaVon told me to do. You know, you get the truck basically screaming at 3,200 RPM, 50 pounds of boost. And um, it was weird, like the load kept going in and out. So I don't know if like that was my fault or the dyno just acting up or maybe it was hot outside. But it took me probably a good 30 seconds to get everything ironed out. Uh, I got frustrated, so I just let off the throttle, started over again, and then I knew I had it. You start to hear the turbos really wind up, and um, I just look at the stack. Like, it's ready for big power when you start to see the smoke, like, either pick up a ton of velocity or start to get kind of gray, and that's what I saw. I looked down 3,200 RPM. I look up 50 pounds of boost, and you just smack the accelerator, uh, and it either takes it or it doesn't. Um, you make that real quick hit. The motor starts to wind down. You're listening for like connecting rods banging around and everything else. And everything looks fine. Uh, Cody gets out 2879 was our number. And I'll be honest in the heat of the moment, I was ready to do it again. And my crew was like, don't do it anymore. And I got to give it to them. They're, they were right. Uh, so we pulled it off at that point. I think there was only a couple people behind me. So I knew, I was going to get a banner and I, that was another one of my goals. I wanted to bring home something that said I'd been to UCC, not just like a frame picture or something. Like I wanted like one of those big shop banners to just like, you know, finally say I've been there, did it. I did all right. You know? So uh, we did that. And then we started uh, punching in scores. Uh, all of a sudden I was in third place and not by, a, not by much. So 
we were doing all the math um, going into sled pole day. We knew we needed 29.34 feet on Hunter Coffee, and I needed to put, I think it was like three feet on Tony Burkhart's team. Um, and we get the trucks changed over to sled pole. It takes about an hour on my truck to change it. Really, the wheels and tires are really the biggest, you know, pain in the butt. But uh, we get it all changed over. I pull it out to spool it up. Just what I thought was oil just all over my window. And I was like, oh, my God, like we hurt something, you know. Uh, so knowing what we knew about the dyno, I was like, maybe we just oversped a charger, pushed the seal out. Like, I mean, my turbo setup, when I tell people how small it is, they are very, I mean, obviously nitrous plays a huge factor, but it's just a black tie race fab 480 ball bearing and a 115 housing uh t6 and then it's a forced inductions gtr 55 it's a 110 millimeter and then it's got the 116 turbine in a 10 uh open t6 housing so very very small turbos uh with tight housings um and finally we just called johnny from stainless over i had i think whitley went and grabbed him i was like just see if johnny will come over here for a second i was like i have no idea what i'm looking at um so johnny came over he's like no nah, like this turbo looks fine he's like that almost looks like water. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. And he's like, do you have like water in this? And I was like, I, we have water in the head. And he was like, Hmm, you might've, you know, pushed some water into a exhaust port. Cause we fired it up without the second turbo on and just instantly, probably a half a gallon of water came pouring out of the, uh, hot pipe. So, uh, big thank you to Johnny. Um, we put the turbos back on, drained the coolant out of it, and we were ready to go sled pulling. Uh, we spooled it up one more time, and it, the water problem fixed itself. So uh, you can run a truck dry like that. You know, it's not obviously the best for hot lapping, but for one sled pull, one dyno hit, one drag strip pass, like it's not going to hurt anything. So um, we went sled pull tech, weighed in. Um, that's the one thing that really kills my truck is that it's so heavy already. Normally I pull this truck in like an 8,500 pound street diesel or a 9,000 pound street diesel. So I can put, you know, 2,000 pounds on the front. Well, we can only put, I think it was like 580 pounds up front. And you start doing the math on like hitch height and stuff. And I was just like, man, we're gonna break something if we go crazy. And Greg A was close enough to us where if I really screwed up, he could beat us and we'd be out of third. So. I kind of made the judgment call to not kill it on the sled pull off the line. And uh, we went 304, uh, which is good enough for fifth place. Um, Tony Burkhart was the last hook. They beat us. Um, I won't forget it. I don't know if it was like, I don't know who that lady was in relation to Tony, but she was like cheering or whatever. She turns around in the bleachers and looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, nah, like I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, I grew up in this industry watching Tony Burkhart and their team compete at ucc so um you know being second loser or first loser to those guys like i watched we shared a tent all weekend i watched those guys from tony on down everyone was working and it was really cool to see um you know i've, I've already kind of said sometimes business owners aren't, don't get the credit for like working on the truck or they're just not interested in it but like tony was like elbows deep in it you know and everyone really put it it was impressive to watch what their team was able to do in a weekend like straighten a truck out on a gooseneck trailer um i mean it was we were cracking up they were like oh did you get any sleep and i was like yeah there was like a dance party till three o'clock in the morning over there and, but uh i mean that's part of sleeping in the pits right um 
And uh, it was just cool, like uh, a lot of new faces this year. Uh, and just, I mean, anybody that was there, it's it's an achievement. I mean, it really is. And for us to go from almost dead last in 21 to sixth place last year to second place this year, like we're going in the right direction and that's all that matters. And really when I sit down on the drive home, Meyer and I were talking about, oh, uh, if we would have done this better. And I was like, we will what if ourselves to death. I was like, I just need to realize that like we did the best we could and and that's it and um again you couldn't lose to a better team than dhd as far as like their class and everything else that they just they they have like it's it's very cool to watch their team work so yeah i mean other than i mean i drove it on the trailer it's in the shop now i've just been kind of looking at it for the past week trying to catch back up on all the customer work that we had talked about before that I have just yeah. been seen to the side. Uh, so it's back to the regular grind. Well, on the, the previous episode we did, we talked about strategy um, for everything. And I, I know as far as assessing that, do you think if you do it again or next year, would you make some adjustments to the strategy or do you think that the one that you had in place for this year is kind of dialed in? And the reason I asked that is um, I recently I chatted with Johnny from stainless diesel and we were talking about just racing at the level that he does and variables were one thing we talked about with how hot the track can get, how sticky it can be and how it can vary from hour to hour to hour. And that kind of got me thinking about something I really didn't before, which is how many variables are there and you have to have a plan put together. And I immediately thought of our conversation and how you talked about these goals that you had. So I'm curious with the experience that you have now um, from this year, has that changed any of the philosophy you have with a strategy for competition like this? Um, I mean, really, I mean, I got to give a, like a shout out to really KOS on, on that. Cause I mean, you just learn like the point system and the calculator. And it was like, I mean, even in some of the, like when Charles was talking in the booth, when I came up for my last pass, he's like, yeah, we were playing around on the score calculator. And he just like blew that estimate out. Like you gotta, I guess you gotta understand like the trucks limits, the hard part limits, me as a driver, my limits, like, no, it's no secret. Like everyone knows I'm terrible at drag racing. Like, and I'm okay with that, but like, just, I guess being old enough to realize, like, I, I don't have the skill to go, you know, low fives yet. Like I'm just, I don't like every time I go like a five now, it catches me off guard and you just, <laughs> that everything hits so fast that you're just not ready for it. Um, so I think going into it next year, if we do it next year, I think the only thing I would probably change is how heavy the truck is. Um, I feel like I kind of gotten my point across that you can do it with a really modified street truck, if you want to call it that. I mean, really, I feel like Daniel Hargrove really took the cake on street truck. I mean, he didn't change anything. We put like a solid block in it, but um, you just reached a limit of – it was like I talked to a lot of the pro guys after we went 583, and they're like – you can keep adding power, but they're like, you're putting 2,300 horsepower down. Like, let's say you go 2,500. They're like, it's really not going to do much, but they're like, if you put, you know, 500 pounds off that truck you, and we were playing with the calculator, I think it dropped it down to like 2000 horsepower. So you're talking about 15% less horsepower to go the same. Um, and the stress on everything. And I, I mean, I don't care what transmission you put in here and, 
I mean, I, I feel like any trans builder would agree with me. Like that is a lot of weight to make it move that quick and not break stuff. So I think going into it next year, we would just probably put the fiberglass bedsides I have laying over here in the corner on. And then I would probably buy another set of doors and maybe gut them or put some fiberglass doors. But if we could get it down to like 6,000, 5,900 pounds, um, it would give us two things. Number one, it would give us a lot lighter of a truck for drag racing so we could go faster. And then on the sled pole, I could put a lot more weight up front and make the chassis happier. Um, and then I guess, I don't know, maybe four link it. But I mean, really, after you've done these events so many times, you realize like I always tell people pick two things you want to be really, really good at. And one thing that is just okay. And that has always been for me, drag racing. It doesn't matter. King of the Street, um, UCC, I've always like drag racing. Eh, you know, 583 is still quick, but uh, there was, what, five guys that went faster than me by like a lot. And the dyno is just, it's, it wasn't worth as much this year as in years prior, in my opinion, just because there were so many guys that were stacked like right at that 2000 horsepower number. 18, 17, you know, it was a really tight field on the dyno. The only exception being myself, like 400 points out, but the sled pole really mattered this year. I mean, it really decided the top three, you know, on a sled pole. And I don't, I can't remember the last time at UCC, a team has made up that much ground in a sled pole um, since like maybe power driven did it with their mechanical truck. In, in my, I, I know like last year, the sled pole didn't matter at all. I think the top three stayed the top three. Um, and then they changed, I think they made the scoring on the drag race, maybe a little different. Cause I felt like, like if you went like sixes, like you were dead in the water on points. So, um, you know, that's, and that's what I always do. I love the sled pole. The dyno is absolutely terrifying at this point, but it's one of those things. Like a lot of people care about it. It's probably the most watched part of that event as far as the UCC side goes. And it's like an incredible feat in my own opinion. Like whoever builds the engine that does those smacks, whether it's like DNJ that does, you know, Ziegler's program and Firepunk's program, or like Chris does his own. I do my own. Like when you think about how much stuff gets stuffed into that cylinder in a second or less, like that to me is just such a cool achievement. And that's why I think the dyno has mattered to me is it's like, it just showcases everything that I can do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense with that whole weekend. Do you get a chance to like talk with people like this, the people come up to you and say, Hey, I follow you on YouTube or I've watched you from the early days or, um, Hey, I'm out here for the first time. I'm going to do, you know, drag racing or something, any kind of tips. What, what's it like mixing in? Like you focus there to, to achieve something, but then there's so many enthusiasts that are there and probably a lot of them look up to you or just wanted to meet you or ask you a question. What's that like? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's kind of like a little bit surreal. Cause like, 
I don't know, man. Like to me, I'm just like a normal guy that started in a two car garage and that's just turned into like my life now. So it's cool to like meet people and like, I, I, I don't know, like to me, I'm, I'm real weird. Like I enjoy like seeing people build their own stuff and like go out. And even if it's like ET or seven seventy or six seventy, like those are, that's like, to me, like the heart and soul of this industry is the guys that are doing it in their driveway. Um, you know, and I always try to help those guys. Again, I just, I'm, I'll do anything for you. If you, you know, if you want to buy some parts from us and I'll help you set them up. And I get like the, the, the sense of like self-earned and, you know, do my own stuff. Cause I'm like that. And, uh, I really enjoy meeting those people and I got to meet a lot of cool people and you get to meet, um, or not necessarily meet, but you get to talk to a lot of different people. Like it's not very often you get to talk to like Lenny Reed in person or Chase Fleece in person or Brett from industrial, like, and all those people come over and they want to check on you. Cause I run, I would say I'm one of the few competitors that has really figured out how to take a bunch of parts from a lot of different companies and make them all work. And once something like works well, I don't really change much. Like a lot of the stuff that I've been doing engine wise is like, we just, it works. So I don't mess with it, you know? So I, I like that aspect. And then just meeting people or like, I think the weirdest things like taking pictures with people. Cause I don't even like taking pictures with my family, let alone like people I don't know. And then I always just have to remind myself, like, you know, that's part of, why I'm able to afford this is everyone gets to watch on YouTube and stuff. So that's cool. And then um, I think like one of the humblingest things I had over the weekend was I was doing an interview. Um, it's not Charles. It's the other UCC announcer. And I'm drawing a blank, but he pulled me up in the stands after my poll. And like, he asked how many people watched my YouTube channel. And it was like, I couldn't believe how many hands went up. And that, that to me is like really cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really important part of it. And a lot of things that you mentioned is how people like to do things themselves. I've always felt ever since I ever really paid attention to diesels, a lot of the guys I knew who had them or people who were into performance, they like to work on them themselves. And I've seen that throughout the years. And I wanted to ask you this question is when you think from that perspective, you like to do things for yourself and put it, you know, kind of all together. And I think that there can be this point where it's tough to ask for help or advice or, or something like that. What would you tell somebody who is doing that? And I'll step back for a second. The reason I was thinking this was I think of trying to do anything. Any, It could be a sport. It could be a skill, something like that. There is a sense of, hmm, I'm not sure what the right word for it is, but when you figure out something on your own and you have that aha moment, it's so it's so cool. And then you start to push yourself and push yourself, but you can hit a wall and it could be with drag racing. It could be at a certain speed or sled pulling or dyno or whatever you might be doing where there's dozens or hundreds of people who've come before you that have fought the same thing and got past it. What would you tell somebody who's maybe hesitant to ask or hesitant to say, Hey, I've, I've kind of hit a wall. Um, what should I do You know, to go next? I think we can get stubborn and kind of in that mindset where I'm, if I don't figure it out myself, well, then I don't deserve it. But I think everybody needs some advice at, at some point with, you know, whatever setup, whatever build. I mean, this goes for the business stuff we talked about. It goes for a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I don't know. 
it's hard for me because I, oh God, man, I, I climbing that tree, I probably fell down a million times, you know, and I was just fortunate enough to really just have the financial backing for my stubbornness. Um, but I mean, even now, I, I mean, you just, you got to weigh like, it was like when I asked, you know, LaVon and Firepunk for help, I just, I, it's not that I hate those guys. I mean, I know a ton of their employees and I, like, I always, they're always great people to be around, but, uh, you're just like, damn, like, I know I'm close, but then you start looking at all the time that you've put into something and it's like, man, is it really worth the, the pride? And I mean, really for me, it was just growing up. Like my ego just, I'm not going to say it's completely gone. Right. But it's like, I just looked at it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, and that's all I did. I shot, uh, I think I shot Rick Fox a message because that's normally how we go through Rick Fox is like the customer service. I said, Hey, I want to schedule this time. Um, I want to learn this or whatever. And uh, I think the big thing for like any businesses, never once did I really mention the term like free or sponsor this or anything like that. And I think it really helps set the tone of like, okay, it's not like he expects anything from us or anything like that. He, he just wants to learn. He's willing to pay his fair share. And I think realistically on anything like that, you know, it's, it's like guys that buy engine parts or anything for me. Like if I made a little bit of money on it, like I'm going to help you out. And like, I would set your rings here and I would set your bearings between this spec. Don't go past here. Cause this doesn't work, you know? Um, and I think that's really the big thing is just, if you're going to ask people for help, like make sure you're supporting their means of, of their business. And I, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people that ask me questions, like I, they've always either bought like a YouTube t-shirt or, I mean, just something as simple as that, just to at least keep us going, you know, and I'm happy to help. And even like previous, it's not like everyone has to, I don't send people a PayPal link or anything like that, but you know, you have your friends that you do anything for and you have customers that, um, They've just been real loyal to you and you always are willing to help them out. And that's the big thing with me is if people just come and ask for anything uh, help wise and stuff, I usually do try to help them out. And, uh, you know, either I hope they come back and buy stuff from us um, so I can continue on. And, and I think that's really the biggest thing is, you know, it's fine to ask for help, but make sure you're supporting the company that's trying to help you, I think is really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, like if I was going to build a truck myself, maybe not a UCC level truck. Yeah. And I just had a budget and I ordered some parts and I put to put it together. I might not do it correctly. I might make a mistake with something. But if I call you up and I say, hey, this is what I want. This is how I'm doing it. I'm paying for your experience as well, which yeah. you've had, you know, the experience, the failures, the successes. I'm paying for that success or that experience, which is just what I want. I think that's really crucial for people that are into the performance side of it, or maybe even not, maybe it's just like you want a, a truck that tows better or whatever it might be is being able to support these companies and these people that will, that are invested in you. And I think it creates a really strong dynamic in the community as well, which I, I'd love to see more of it. I'd love to see it, it grow even stronger is like, I don't even know, you know, how much time, money, effort, frustration, happiness, confusion, you've personally been through building trucks, but I imagine it's a lot yeah. and you can take that and help someone do it. So, um, I think that's for the future of 
of trucks in really any capacity, it's really important for the truck owners out there to to think about that. Think about where you're giving your money to. Think about why the price might be five dollars different or a hundred dollars different, or or what it might be. It's it's not just the part; it's the experience and then the support that uh, that you're paying for. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just, I mean, that's really you have. I mean, I can't really say it much better than that. I mean, and, and that's really the, the cool part about it is, I mean, I purchase parts sometimes, like, for instance, like I used to use a different brand of engine oil. I just, that was what I used. And then I've started looking at like hot shots and how they're at every event and they sponsor all of the major, you know, they did some pulling, they did some ODSS and you just like, that's kind of almost how I look at things is I look at like, okay, which companies are willing to invest in all these events that we go to. And it's like, Oh, they're always there. They always have a rep there. And I mean, after a while I ended up realizing that I really just love the hot shots product, but like certain things like that, even you look at who goes to all these events and even just like small shops like ourselves, like we always, I always try to go to ODSS events. I might not bring my, my baddest truck. I might just bring an ET truck, but I always try to like go to those and I talk to people and stuff and you build like really good relationships. And that's what I always tell people, like, look at, um, you know, who is willing to put back into the industry that they profit off of. And then uh, another thing too, is sometimes just look at, you know, your, for your local shops, there's a lot of shops out there that do insane work and UCC is a really cool way for them to kind of, um, you know, poke their head in the door. You know, like I look at it, uh, like Epling, uh, Logan Epling with Epling Motorsports, you know, a lot of people might not know he had his own shop, but they do now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's something it's, it's really interesting. You mentioned that side of it because like doing podcasts and just talking about truck parts and maintenance and everything like that, I can see it as well. I can see places that like, they're, they're always willing to jump on the podcast to talk about a part or answer a listener question. And then there's other ones where it's like, it's really hard to get them to engage with the truck owners listening. And you probably see it on YouTube a lot. And it's something that's always kind of stuck in the back of my head is, um, you know, I can think of places that they want to engage with people. They want to talk with them. They want to be present. They want to, um, educate. They want to do these things. And those brands really stick out to me. Um, but there are a lot of them out there. Um, but I'd love to see it grow even more because, you know, the way that we reach people, the way that we talk to them, the, th the information people are looking for is different. Like, I mean, we've talked about it in years past, like you hit 2,879 horsepower, like 1,500 used to be insane. 2,000 was insane. And the level these trucks are going to and how you guys keep them together. That's, that's the thing that really sticks out to me is the power level and the abuse they're able to take now. Um, and you know, the brands that help you, the people, you know, yourself, you're putting the engine together, um, just people being able to see that and know that it's, it's something that's really exciting. It's kind of new, like the industry is always evolving and changing and growing in different ways. And so I think the relationship between like racer, shop owner, manufacturer, truck owner, guy who just bought his first diesel, one who's always owned diesels, how we all interact and, um, you know, kind of spread that knowledge or support each other is really crucial moving forward. So I think the things you talked about really highlight that just how important it is. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, to me, like I, I always have time for people. There's, 
if I'm at events and stuff, I always try to make time. Obviously, if I'm like thrashing on the truck, I, I'm going to have to get back with you. But I mean, to me, like, it's just really weird, you know, because I just, I don't know, man, I guess I just grew up differently or whatever. But like, I don't even when, like in my YouTube, very rarely do I put the camera on myself. It's always kind of awkward. I always try to like talk, you know, hold the phone and I'm talking behind there and, and doing that. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's always a, it's always a humbling experience seeing how many people watch it. I mean, you, you see it on your analytics. I mean, I'm sure you do too. And you, you look at like how many views and stuff. And then when you start to like meet the people that are watching this, it's kind of, it's like a real uh, surreal uh, experience, I guess. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of responsibility with it too, because people, you know, that's with the last episode we did, people loved having you on. They're like, dude, I love hearing him just talk about stuff, his perspective. It's really cool. So you've got a lot of people and a lot of fans that, that um, you know, love to hear your perspective on things. And that's why, um, you know, I wanted to sit down again. I've always enjoyed chatting with you, but especially seeing how the truck performed, the things you told us, and it was a big accomplishment to do it the way that you did it. Um, and so it was, it was really cool. Again, I appreciate you taking time with me, you know, on a weekend for us to connect and be able to chat with it. And if you do it again, man, I, 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 I want to chat with you beforehand and after, and, and I know you'll do really well and, and hit the goals that you want. Yeah. I think, uh, now I just got to track down a super flow and try it. We're, I mean, I'm going to give myself, I told myself, I'm going to give myself about a month of like, just hunkering back down kind of on what pays the bills and stuff. And like today, all I've been doing is like cleaning the shop up. It just, it gets so bad, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I want to three, three K is the next goal I want to do. And um, I don't know. I mean, now that this truck's gone 583, everyone's like, Oh, you could run 590. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> or we could go faster. Faster sounds a lot more. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to destroy everything, but it sounds a lot more fun right now. So we might try some pro street. Um, but again, I'm just, I'm going to give myself a little break. Uh, like last night I slept for 11 hours. Felt pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for chatting with me, Josh. No problem. Don't forget diesel fans. Make sure to head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. They've got a ton of cool knives, a bunch of cool gear. So if you're looking to get something for hunting, fishing, EDC, they've definitely got you covered. Their latest model is the Duralock. And it's, it's really, it's a sweet setup. It's got a D2 steel blade um, the opening mechanism is really smooth there's a bunch of different blade styles to choose from handle designs so if you're in the market definitely make sure head on over check them out i also want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters uh tyler low and 23 diesel j cole john all of our other patreons all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps follow us on social media pages or on our discord we appreciate all your support here in year seven of the diesel podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content you want to hear in 2023 until next time Keep the shiny side up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.